0: Good evening. Welcome to the 200th episode of Milkshake Monday. We're being brought tonight by Fordo's production, my new company. I am Anita Helm, and I'm excited. It feels like my birthday, but we are celebrating the 200th episode. And I have to say thank you to the Lord for his faithfulness and the Holy Spirit for allowing me to learn of the word of God and to be able to share Thank each and every one of you for your faithfulness in sharing with me encouragement and letting me know about how you're learning and growing in the Lord, praise God for that. I wanna thank, I know my husband and my brother in Christ is in heaven, but because of his encouragement for those of us who were under the sound of his leadership to be in prayer to do something extraordinary for the word of God, I was able to start this back in 2018 and I'm excited to be on the 200 episode with you tonight. It's bittersweet because of what's happening. Uh, you know, personally, we're coming up to the anniversary of Reverend Helm transitioning to be in glory, and I'm excited about that for him. But at the same time, you know, we always miss our loved ones. So my condolences to all of you who have loved lo- who have lost loved ones. And we know that we have to continue on in the ministry until we see the people who love the Lord and are with him at his feet. Praising his name, we'll see them again. So tonight, I talked to you about do you understand, and the follow-up question, how can I? And you'll, if you know anything about the Bible, we're going to be coming out of Acts eight tonight. But I want to tell you a couple things because what's interesting is before I got on tonight, about a couple hours earlier, one of the people that doesn't really go to the go to church very often, and I I happened to share with that person one of my teachings. Uh, It was the one that said, men, we need you in the house. And I don't follow up with people to say, have you listened to the teaching like some teacher or something? If they really want to learn of God, they will take it upon themselves to listen and to learn. So he happened to say, I've listened to 15 minutes of it, but you know, I don't have a, a long attention span, which I left not responding. And I thought about how we use that as an excuse sometimes because we can all listen to music for hour after hour. We can all go to movies and look at movies and pay attention to movies. We can go on golf courses. We can go watch games and play videos for hours. We can binge. We can pay attention to pretty much anything we want to pay attention. But when it comes to the things of God, all of a sudden we have a short attention span. But I think that we have to understand that what we want and what we do has a lot to do about who we love and I wanted to give you a couple of things that I wanted to start out with tonight first of all here's a rude awakening and I want you to pay attention to this there will be believers in Jesus Christ people who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that will be in hell there are people who you will say how is that possible there are beings that believe in Jesus Christ that will be in hell. How is that possible, Sister Helm? How can you say that? The demons believe and tremble and they're gonna be in hell. There are people that Christ says in Matthew chapter seven, verses 21 to 23, that will say, Lord, Lord, recognizing that who he is, But he is going to say, and I'm going to read it because I don't want you to think I'm making up something, but I want you to understand something because I I asked this question, do you understand? And a lot of people still take it for granted that because they have an awareness of God, they may have a respect for God. They may know or even believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. They may even think that the Bible is true, but they don't know God and God doesn't know them. So let let me just read this scripture. It's not going to be a lot of switching around because I want to focus tonight. Matthew seven verses 21 through 23 reads, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name, drive out demons and in your name, perform many miracles. These are believers. These are people that prophesied, did miracles. Then he will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Now, let me ask you a couple questions. It's not really questions, more like statements. How about that? Since you're not able to speak to me easily on this medium. You say a lot about who you are and where you have value and what you value on what you do, what you say, what you believe, what you want and who you are now let me say it this way a different way what you do shows who you love what you say shows who you love what you believe shows who you love what you want shows who you love and who you are shows who you love God knows what you love, who you love, how you love. And he knows if it's his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus is saying to you in Matthew seven, he knows who loves him. So tonight we're going to see in acts eight, we're going to show you the tale of two believers, but we're going to show you the difference in those believers. So let's go to acts chapter eight. I'm going to read tonight out of the NIV. Now, what you have to understand is that in the beginning of acts eight, they just finished having the stoning of Stephen and Stephen is being, he's dying and he's telling the Lord, don't charge the sin to the people who are doing it. And it immediately tells you in the beginning of acts eight that Saul who becomes Paul in acts nine, was consenting. He was okay with this. And you're going to see in the very beginning of this, that there was a great persecution of the believers, the church, as a result, because when people do things that are evil and they think they've gotten away with it, it emboldens them. And so when you see that after they've been able to stone Stephen, that there's a boldness going on. And in this teaching tonight, I want you to see some things. You may ask yourself, How did the Pharisees and the chief priests and even Saul before he was converted on the Damascus road, why were they so misaligned against Jesus Christ? And we know that it's all a part of prophecy. But what was really at the ebb and the nucleus of the core of why they had to to be so against him? And I think we're going to see some of that in what we're going to read tonight. So in starting with the verse one, it says on that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered. Now, these are believers. The the apostles were the 12 less Judas who just hung himself. We're in acts eight. So you know that Matthias through the lots, the casting of lots is now considered one of the 12. But those 12, when there was persecution, they stayed in Jerusalem. They didn't scatter like the other believers because believers, Paul, Saul had letters from the Pharisees, the chief priests, and they were able to go house to house, dragging women and women and men out of their house. So here's what it says. They were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison those who had been scattered. Now I want you to understand when you're scattered, that means you're not having a lot of time. You are flight, you are in flight and you are going. So you're not going someplace where you already have an established house. You have an established job, you have established friendships, you have established anything, but you're going. And guess what? Even though they went and were scattered in this situation, They still did not lose the purpose of the ministry of the Matthew 28 go. And what are they going to do? Look what it says here. Those who had been scattered, preached the word wherever they went. Philip, who's going to be a key person tonight. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. Now I want to say something tonight. Do you understand that it says that they listened to Philip? They listened to what he said. They didn't say, Philip, where did you go to seminary? Philip, show me your title. Philip, where's your congregation? Philip, where's your robe? Philip, who are the people backing you? Philip was one of the scattered. And he came proclaiming the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And they listened and they got saved. We're so caught up these days in making sure that we have the titles and we have the credentials, but we're not asking, do the people speaking speak about Jesus and the word of God? Because we are learning in Matthew 7 that you can have the titles and you can do a lot of things, but if the Lord doesn't know you, he could say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, even with all of the things that you're doing. So look what it says here. Verse 7, for with streaks and pure spirits came out of many, that's people that were possessed, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. Verse 8 says, so there was great joy in that city. When people hear the word of God and are saved and are hearing the truth of Jesus Christ, there's joy and rejoicing, not pettiness, not people backbiting, not people having issue. But here's the thing. Here is the one example of a believer that's headed to hell. Even though it seems like he's part of the number, you're going to see he's going to be found out. Now look what it says about Simon the sorcerer. And I want y'all to notice something. This man is going to be said that he believed and he was baptized. But I want you to see something because the exact thing that I was telling you about what was the issue when it came to, the chief priests and the Pharisees, you're going to see that when the apostles come and address this man, it's showing you the heart of the man, but also what was going on in the gospels or why these people were used of the devil, but ultimately in the plan of God to put Jesus Christ on the cross. That ultimately was our salvation. It says verse nine. Now for some time, a man named Simon, had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted in the King, New King James, it says claiming, he was claiming that he was someone great. That's one thing about the Pharisees and the chief priests. They always wanted to be seen as great. And all the people both high and low and other versions least to greatest gave him their attention and exclaimed, this is an issue Number two, about the Pharisees and the chief priests, they were being paid attention to and people were praising them. But then it says, this man is rightly called great power of God. That's what they were calling Simon, the sorcerer. Verse 11, they followed him. They followed the Pharisees and the chief priests because he amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. I want y'all to hear that because sometimes we think because people have come And we've given them the right hand of fellowship. And we've found situations where they're in the church. They're doing all the things that we think they should be doing. But guess what? We don't have a heaven and hell for them. It's the Lord. And the Lord knows our hearts. And he sees what we say, what we do, what we love, what we want, who we are. And he knows if we do it because we love ourselves or we love his son. But it says here, Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere. Everybody following after the pastor, after the preacher, after the, all these different titles, they have their own motives for why they're following, and, and they will be found out. God already knows, but ultimately it gets found out. But look what it says. Initially, this man is believing, and he's baptized, and he's following Philip everywhere and for a while you say oh he wants to understand of course he wants to understand that's why he's following Philip right and he followed Philip everywhere astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw when the Apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the Word of God they sent Peter and John to Samaria when they arrived they prayed for the new believers there that might, that they might receive the Holy spirit because the Holy spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy spirit. Okay. Verse 18. Now we're going to see, do you understand? Because Here is what's happening with Simon. When Simon saw that the spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles hands, he offered them money. Now, back to when we saw how he was being called the great power of God and people were amazed and astonished and he was claiming and boasting how he was some great one, he's seeing. The power of God manifested in the laying of hands. And guess what? What is in his heart is coming out. He offered them money and said, give me also this ability. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, I want the spirit of God. I want the Holy Spirit. I want the love of God. I want to have the fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe I've been baptized. I want the spirit of God. So I can have that connection, that relationship. He says the truth of what's in his heart and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. He's thinking about the sorcery. He's thinking about the gimmick. He's thinking about the monetary value. He's thinking about still being the people's great power of God. He wants it on himself. Now you're starting to understand why the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the chief priests, those who were coming against Jesus hated him because they wanted everybody to be amazed about them. But again, he believed, he was baptized, he wanted the ability. He didn't want Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the love of God, the truth of God, He wanted the ability so he can maintain his loftiness. He wanted to be the one on the stage. He didn't want to share the stage with Jesus Christ. He didn't want to share the stage with the Holy Spirit. He wanted the ability to maintain his position. Peter answered in verse 20, May your money perish with you because you thought, and that's what happens. You will be found out because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. But guess what? It's speaking what it's been thinking. It's been thinking evil. It's been thinking, how do I get back to the stage? It's been thinking, how do I let them know I'm the important one? I don't want them looking at Jesus. I don't want them looking at Philip. I want to be on top. And Peter says, may your money perish with you because you thought You thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's what Matthew 6 teaches us all the time. But we still have this scenario where this sorcerer who dealt with sorcery and evil spirits, he wanted to pretend. He wanted to put on. And maybe he started out on a path of thinking he really wanted to be a follower after Christ, but he didn't understand the whole deny yourself part. Peter says to him in verse 21, you have no part or share in this ministry. This ministry, it's not about ability. It's not about you puffing yourself up. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. You have no part or share in this because your heart is not right before God. Your heart is not right before God. Do you understand that there are a lot of people within the sound of my voice and you know people and you want to give excuses, either it's yourself or even people you know, you know that their heart is not right before God and their thoughts, their behaviors, what you see them, that you go and you see all the characteristics of them and you want to Keep making excuses. Oh, they're, they're Christians. Oh, they're, they're going to be right. Their thoughts and their hearts expose them. And verse 22 says, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope, in the hope that he may forgive, forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness. What is he bitter about? He's bitter that Philip is getting the attention. He's bitter that the people are paying attention and rejoicing over the word of God, the good news of Jesus Christ. He's bitter that his sunlight, his flashlights are stopping and people are now focusing on Jesus Christ and the bitterness and the evilness and the destruction that they wanted to do for Jesus Christ is that he was the focus and not Simon. The Pharisees, the chief priests, they were evil and wickedness because Jesus, the Messiah, the coming Messiah that they should have been waiting for was getting all the attention. But Peter says here, for I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Captive to sin. Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. Peter doesn't even address it anymore. He said what he needs to say. He, Simon is so concerned about, he doesn't want bad things to happen to him, but he doesn't address repentance. He doesn't address that he needs to get right. He doesn't address that Peter. just says you need to go and pray and repent. He doesn't even address that. He said, no, I need you to pray. So none of that happens with me. But see, that's the thing. People want you to pray, but they don't want to repent. They want you to go and stand before God and tell God to, to, to help them out, but they don't want to repent. They don't want to stop what they're doing. They just want you to take time for you to go pray and be crying all night and standing up all night, but they don't want to repent. Peter said, pray, repent of the wickedness. And pray, but he didn't want to hear that. He said, no, you do something for me. I'm not changing my behavior. I'm not doing anything. Well, after they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. I'm going to ask you this question. Do you understand? Yes or no? Do you understand? Do I understand what? That in order to have a relationship, we all have to repent. We all have to confess our sins and that to a holy God that we're not holy. But guess what? When you start to look at someone who is sincere about a repentant heart that they have, a desire, you'll see something that we're getting ready to see in the second example of a believer. You will see that when you have someone who wants to understand, who hungers and thirsts for God, who wants to worship God, they will do and put in effort to learn, to understand, to grow. They will seek what the Holy Spirit will recognize as having a heart for God. They may not understand or know what's going on or understand the word of God, but you will see the effort and they'll want to learn what the word of God says. They want to go around people because there's something about that. And when the Lord And the Holy Spirit understands there's something in the heart. Just like you saw Cornelius, the story of Cornelius. And you're going to see right now the Ethiopian eunuch. God knows through the Holy Spirit who's sincere and who has ulterior motives. We can put on all kinds of behaviors and false faces in the church house for the pastor and the deacons and trustees and all these people in the body to think, Oh, we just love the Lord. Oh, we got it all going on. But God knows who you love. God knows who you think about God knows what's in your heart. And maybe it won't be exposed today, but eventually God is going to know who are his. And you don't want to find yourself as one of those people to say, I did this. I did this. I did this. And God said, I never knew you. So let's keep going on. Now we're going to talk about Philip in the Ethiopian, and this is going to be fun. I was so excited when the Lord put this on my heart. I'm excited for my 200th episode. This was great because I desire to be one of those people. You're going to hear Philip say, do you understand? And if you don't know how to start a conversation, say, do you understand? Is there something that I can help you with to understand? Because this guy, when he has this question, he says, how can I understand without a guide? And I think that if you see people who are hungry and thirsting after the Lord, if you just say, do you understand? They'll say, I do or I don't. And if they don't, you're there to say, I can help you. I can help you. Now listen what it says. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road. Now y'all know something about a desert. A desert doesn't have a lot of water. It's desert. Got that? So when you see these things in the scripture, you can't just roll back by them so quickly. It's desert. So when we see water coming up, God knows. When God knows that somebody is sincere, he will work it out. He will find the right person for the right time so that you can come to know him in a personal way. It says, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So, Philip, this is Philip. So, he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace or Kandak, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. I want y'all to understand something. He put aside being important, he is the chief eunuch. He put aside that he's rich, he controls all the treasury. Of course he's rich. He put aside that it took a travel, a traveling journey to go from Ethiopia all the way to Samaria to be where he wanted to worship. Now, all of that put aside, he came to worship to excuse me to jerusalem and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of isaiah the prophet now i want y'all to understand he came to worship but when he left he had the scrolls the very expensive scrolls and he was reading them but he did not understand there are people that come to the houses of worship and they come with the desire. But even though they hear the word of God, they sincerely want the word of God. They could be in a posture that they don't understand because that's why milkshake Monday started because we wanted to actually have the the teachings in a way that was conversational to break it down so that if your husband, your brother, your son, your uncle, your daughter, they haven't been in church, Give him milkshake Monday. Give him something that's breaking it down. Because even in this eunuch, who's probably very highly intelligent, he didn't understand enough that when he bought the scrolls with the the information, he didn't understand enough. But he left. And he left without having the worship that he really was was seeking to come and have. But it, there was something missing. And the Holy Spirit understood that. But he was meeting him where he was. And he was sending At first it says the angel of the Lord told Philip to go, but then it's the Holy Spirit that's going to engage. Look what happens here. And on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet, the spirit, this is the Holy Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah. He's putting in effort. He's stopping the chariot so he can read because he desired to go to worship and he's reading because he wants to understand he's given the effort. And sometimes people are so lazy, they think they don't do anything, but God knows if you really are hungry and thirsty after wanting that relationship, wanting to fill that void in your heart, that money and drugs and alcohol and sexing and all the stuff that you're done has not filled We understand that he put in an effort and he heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. And he said the words that I'm saying to you, do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked, here's a response. How can I? How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. That's our role. That's why God tells us to go not in comfort, not staying in your house all the time, but to go. So we can explain the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. And it says here, so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch came up to worship. He bought the scroll with Isaiah. He left in his chariot and he just didn't ride home, not having understanding. He stopped that chariot because he wanted to understand. He wanted to be able to worship. And if it meant reading those scrolls of the word of God, he wanted to stop right there on his way home because he wanted to go home differently. He wanted to be different when he came home because he left that place of home because he knew something wasn't right that he needed. Here's the passage he was reading in verse 32. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me please, this is the hunger and thirst. Who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage. That's also a lesson for us. There's a question by the eunuch of a passage of scripture and Philip doesn't start with a diatribe about other things he first addressed the question in front of him that the man was struggling with. And that's why it says he began with that very passage. We have to be sensitive to the spirit of God. When we have to go, we have to be sensitive to the spirit of God to tell, answer the question of what the spirit wants to answer. And then you let the Spirit direct you to where you need to pivot and go off and and make it a fuller understanding. But Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And they traveled along the road, the desert road. They came to some water in the desert, y'all. And the eunuch said, Look, here's water. Now he just heard the good news of Jesus. He heard about the baptism. He heard the truth of God's word expounded out of Isaiah. And then the fuller word that Christ was being taught by Philip. And he says, look, here's water. God has provided water in the desert. Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? He didn't just make an excuse to say, I can wait. So I have a better surrounding. I can find better water in my rich palace back at the queen's place. I can wait, we can go traveling there. He said, what prevents me right here in this desert, getting baptized, making my profession on an outward basis of what I believe is Jesus Christ, because I came to worship and now I hear about Jesus Christ and I'm accepting him and I wanna believe and I, I believe and I'm loving and I wanna be baptized. And what is preventing me from doing it right now? Stop the chariot. Let's get out and get this done now because my heart's on fire. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders, stop, stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. They came up wet. Philip got his clothes wet. The eunuch got his rich stuff wet. And it says when they came up out of the water. The spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. He wasn't rejoicing on being rich. He wasn't rejoicing on being the queen's treasurer. He wasn't rejoicing about having a chariot. He wasn't rejoicing about any of that. He was rejoicing because he was full of what he came for was to worship God. He learned of the Lord. He was able to fully worship God because he had met God. He had received God. He was in love with God. He's baptized of God. He was changed. His life was full now. He wasn't looking for the ability because he had all of the trappings of wealth that didn't fill him up. He didn't need nobody to praise him. He didn't need that. He wanted what he was missing and he was missing Jesus Christ in his life. Now, Philip didn't get caught up in, Hey, I I ain't get an offering. Hey, uh, Hey, are you going to tell people what had just happened? None of that. He didn't have nothing because Philip's heart was, I need to preach and teach the message of God. When he got scattered, he was about the word of God and about the business of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit, there are very few times in the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation where you see that the Holy Spirit talked to this disciple. He was an apostle. This was a disciple. I want to say a regular like us, a disciple and that immediately he was translated from being there after the baptism, after he lifted up, the spirit took him somewhere else. You don't see a lot of instances of that in the Bible. You know that, right? But I want you to understand that we have to recognize that there are those who are believers who have motives that are not pure. That's not for us to say. That's not for us to judge. But God knows. And there are those who are on fire for the Lord and really want to have a heart that they love God and they're seeking after God. And God knows them and they know God doesn't make anybody a super, super saint. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying when it comes to do you understand and how can I, we are part of the helping the people to know and to guide and to to meet them where the spirit of God is leading us to meet them and giving us the word about the good news of Jesus Christ for them. We can hear all these excuses, for why we can't talk to people. We can't share like the pastor or the, the person here, or we can't be like this person. It's not about what you can be like. Philip could have said, I'm not Peter. I'm not John. I'm not an apostle. He could have used all those excuses. I've been scattered. I'm not in my hometown. I don't have a house. I don't have a job. He could have used all those excuses. But when he scattered, he kept doing what thus saith the Lord. And when we get in a position, And we're comfortable. We're so comfortable. We have all these trappings of our comfort, but yet we don't see these revivals that they saw in Samaria where people are rejoicing and joyful that the people are hearing the good news of the kingdom of God about Jesus Christ. How is it that we have all these sad faces and we have all these people that they can only get smiley and crazy when they drink and they smoke and they do all these drugs? But when you talk about Jesus, oh, I ain't got time. I don't have no attention span for that. I ain't got no time for that religion. I don't got no time. You can either spend all your time with these people who want to debate, or you can be about the people who are waiting to hear from you and I so they can understand, so that we can guide them into the truth of what the word of God is teaching us. And I just pray, God, it's been 200 episodes and I'm very grateful for all of you, for your love, your prayers. I'd ask that um, I'd like to to have you put in your messages or comments uh, how you have grown in the Lord based on this ministry. Thank you for those who have done that. Thank you for all the years, Pam, that you have put the scriptures in for me. I love you, my sister, and happy birthday this uh this Friday and hey, I'm Gary join the double nickels clubs um, this weekend myself. But I just say, Lord willing, I pray that I will be able to continue to do another 200 uh, episodes for Milkshake Monday. I asked you all to be in prayer that we all that say we love the Lord Jesus Christ, that we have it in our heart that we love him, that we will be about his business. The harvest is ripe; It's ready but the laborers are few. Those of us who have the ability to guide people to know the good news of Jesus Christ, let's become a part of the labor force. I thank you and God bless you. I love you. God bless you.